This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. It was wild. I was actually talking to Rashid on the sideline, and I'm like, dude, like, they literally are talking to each one one of another like it was it was insane uh our 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 fans like you know i say it you know every single week the best and loudest fans in the cfl um and they really showed up today and uh you know that's also one of our edges and they did a great job and uh yeah like you saw it they he had to talk to each each of his receivers and uh yeah the, the fans played a big part in today's game that was a wild wild ride yesterday city of winnipeg sports fans all around the province of Manitoba, perhaps even if you uh, call Seattle, Washington home. Um, big wins uh, all around here. Of course, Brady Oliver opening up. None bigger, Jim Toth. Of course, the Winnipeg Jets uh, defeating Seattle Kraken in overtime 3-2. A big win 4-3 uh, for the Manitoba Moose over the Calgary Wranglers earlier in the day. But, of course, the big daddy, the big time, the big show, West Final, IG Field, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 28 BC Lions, 20. Massive win for the Bombers. Yeah. A big win in the fashion in which they did it for the Jets. Tough one on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the Manitoba Moose are rolling. The Winnipeg Ice are 18-1. and one. Uh, It was Ooh. a pretty, pretty, pretty good sports weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely touch on the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, they had a, a, a back-to-back. Uh, I thought Blake Wheeler, of course, he gets the tying goals, 300th uh, of his career. I thought he had a fantastic game. We'll get we'll get into that as we, we talk to Jets as, as the show goes on here. But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that crowd noise yesterday at IG Field, 30,000-plus. I can say this with absolute 100% confidence. I have never seen a crowd have more of an effect on a game in the Canadian Football League than we did last night. The fans were absolutely outstanding, particularly, and it's easy to zero in on this big moment at the end there. How much time left on the clock? A little over a minute for BC. They can't communicate. Brady Oliver just talking about right there. They got to they, they kill valuable, Jim, valuable seconds on the clock there. They got to go up to each other's ear. They got to talk like that. Not And you can say you got a rookie quarterback, Nathan Rourke, his first sort of moment in in a situation like that definitely the bc lines didn't manage the clock very well particularly late in the game here but the fans were absolutely outstanding yesterday yeah i mean i wasn't at the game but um obviously listened to it i could hear it through the radio i yep. was watching it i could i could see it and the time count violation and everything else they they make a difference it's why you want to play at home it's why it matters um for the winnipeg blue bombers to finish first and get that game here uh, the other thing is, is it was just so badly managed by the BC Lions. Look, I tweeted after it was a great playoff game, and it was because it was right yep. down to the wire, exciting and all that. But it wasn't a classic football game. Like, there was some mistakes made. There was some mm-hmm. issues going on. But, look, the Bombers are off to their third straight Grey Cup. Good teams find ways to win. I think the Bombers did. I think that's, you know, besides the back-to-back championships, uh, Cam, yeah. the thing that impresses me the most about this team is, and look, they are so talented. They have so much talent and skill over the past three years. But it's the way they have fashions to win games. I, I think I've seen this Bomber team pull out wins in more ways than any other football team. And and that doesn't mean like they're they're barely getting by or anything like that. Yeah. When this team struggles, it's because it's not firing on all cylinders like it can. And and when it's not firing on all cylinders, 
they still find different ways, like the Janarian Grant play, and then to come back and do a 92-yard yeah. punt return. Um, I want, I worry about the field goal kicking. Like I, I was thinking yesterday in the extra points and Lego, I'm like, man, I just, I hope this doesn't catch up to him. We've been saying this since Medlock retired, mm-hmm. but all that being said, they find ways to win because they're so good and talented and, yep. and they really did. Like I, yep. I, so yeah, I just, I'm very impressed with them. I think they were the best team all year long. It'll be a challenge with Toronto and what Calaris is going to be like, but I, I like their chance. Yeah, this is interesting because, the, I mean, if we go back to the, the Bombers only played Toronto once this year, and that came down to a, a, missed, a missed field goal on the final second of that game, and the Bombers ended up winning it. And I, I, I think BC is going to be, I mean, I think Toronto is going to be a real tough task uh, for this team. I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are open to it. And, and just to kind of tail on what you were saying there, Jim, as well, about Nick Dembski, uh, um, in, in terms of what Nick Gensky said after the game, he said, you know, there was a time in that game where every area picked up the other. So it wasn't a perfect game with special teams, certainly not. It wasn't a perfect game on defense, and it wasn't a perfect game on offense. And there's a lot of growing that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, at this point, 15-3, and three, you know, big win in the West Final, you know, they can be better than they were last week, and I think they know that, and that might be a driving force here. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing that was, and, and I, I felt after the first quarter, I think the Bombers, cruise is certainly not the word that I would use, but I think the Bombers pretty much had a good handle on the game. Experience took over. They know what it's like to be in these sort of situations. Uh, and the running game, Brady Oliveira, 130 yards on 20 carries, averaging six and a half yards, his longest 26. Who does that sound like? Uh, the guy that's going to be uh, playing for the Argonauts coming back from an injury. I think everybody thought he was going to be done. I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know how active he's going to be, uh, but you know, it's always an asset to have Andrew Harris and he's going to be there with the, with the Toronto Argonauts. But here's another thing too, about the running game, a big reason, Jim, why BC was so successful against Calgary the week before was they were able to run the ball. The Bombers held them to 26 yards on the ground. That is huge. In a game like that, in that kind of weather, that's yeah. massive. Well, and I talked to Doug Brown on Friday to preview the game, and I said, what should Bomber fans be concerned about with this BC Lions team? And he said, it's their run game. He thinks yep. Butler is the best running back all year long. Their run game is is because they have the best receiving core. No disrespect to the Bombers, but through and through, I the Bombers have the second best, and it's really close. I agree with you, Jim, 100%. But I think the overall... Pound for pound, they pound, do. Yeah, so he's like the, the running game. And then that's what they did to the running game. So... They find ways to win, and and good teams do that. And this is a great team, so I think they have an excellent shot to do this. Um, I was concerned about. I know a lot of people were more concerned about Calgary because those games were closer. Is that uh, more of like a? Then, is that more of a psychological games? thing because of how good it Calgary's be. been for so? Because that's what I feel. It's I, that's where it feels. I it comes like from from me. It might I feel be. Like that. Um, it might be, but I, I mean, I I saw all those games too, and I thought the Bombers did have an easier time with BC. Although I think BC is a more dangerous team, if that makes. And mm-hmm. what BC did to Calgary in the West semifinal is just evidence that BC was the better team. But I don't know if it's Nathan York. Like I was Rourke. Sorry, I wasn't blown away by his play, and I thought the Bombers. I, I loved what Michael Shea said in the post game show here on six eighty CGOB when he just mentioned we didn't play with a lot of f- high football IQ. And and that's what I, I I I thought he nailed that. Like I thought the mistakes that were made were mental ones and mm-hmm. wherewithal and and maybe being too amped up in the game and all that. Um, like the 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 interception with six minutes left on the third down should have been knocked down and you get the ball at the BC Lions line of scrimmage. Yeah, 
that's just like mental awareness, football IQ and stuff. But again, now we're nitpicking. This is a great bomber team, it, the, the best team in the <laughs> CFL. And, yeah. and this is what we do. We're not nitpicking so much as just analyzing yeah. the game. Um, but 28-20, BC gave them a lot of what they had. I didn't think BC was firing on all cylinders either, no. but they had they had some big plays too. So in the essence of a playoff football game coming down to the, the, the last couple of minutes, it was a good game. It just wasn't a clean, epic classic in my mind. But the Bombers got it done, which is what we should be focusing on going into this week. Zach okay? I think yeah, he, I, don't know, I, th- I don't know about that. I, I think Zach Caleros is okay. I think he's okay. I don't know about that. I don't. Um, the concern is when he came out. Look, and if then he, he took a couple of steps and he went no, 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 walked off, and I and I was like, that to me gave me pause. Uh, there, there's no way the bombers are ever going to say going into there, this game that there's no a one's going to know this week. Yeah, until Wednesday, if he's on the practice field, that's the only. And then even if he's not, we're probably going to get told that we're just resting it a little bit. He'll be fine. Yeah, if he is out there and moving around, great. It's not a worry. But look, you know, I'm not a doctor. And you know, I just only want to play one on a soap uh, opera. <laughs> it's, it's my ultimate dream. Yeah. Well, That's who, what I always wanted isn't. to be. But yeah. I will say this. If he had not come back in that game, I wouldn't even be concerned. Like, we'll see how it goes. The fact that he tried to and couldn't, that's... Now, I know what Zach said in the post game, and I, I fully believe that it's not a question to him right now. I fully believe he answered that truthfully. It's not a question. I'll be there. But it'll be a question by Wednesday. Like mm-hmm. after today, tomorrow, and just the way he he limped back on, I, I don't I don't think um, I don't I don't know if he's going to be good to go. He uh, might play, yeah, but I don't know what kind of level he's going to. You be know, at. it's like uh, you know I, I don't think Nathan Rourke was one hundred percent in that game coming back from that sort of injury where you give it a timeline where it's past the end of the season, and a guy comes back, he plays a you know regular season game, you know goes out there, was able to beat. Calgary certainly not healthy, uh, definitely not a hundred percent. But you know the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are you know and and, and this is like I, I know Zach Kloros did not play his best game last last night, but the Bombers have consistently been able to find ways to win where Kloros can just go out there make 12, 13, 14, 15 passes, pick up two hundred yards, you know he throws a f- two or three touchdowns and they find ways to win. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if we should even venture down that road till we find out more about Zach on Wednesday. Yeah. But can they pull this out with Prukop and Brown as the backups? I, you know, I think. Look, that's how valuable that game in BC was with Prukop. Yeah, I mean, to get those guys some starts. Like we all worried about rust with the starting quarterbacks and some of the starting running backs. But I think it was more about getting guys comfortable in case something drastic happened and they needed to come in and. I didn't mind what I saw in that BC game. I know he threw a few picks, but it was rather then than in the playoffs. So good that he got some action, but we'll find out. I mean, that that and Andrew Harris' storyline will be yeah. the top two discussion points this whole week. See, this, and from what I know about Andrew Harris, I, I almost think that he will, he'd almost like devastate his body to, 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 to do good in that game coming up. Like, he will be, like, not that not anyone is motivated, but Andrew Harris is a different animal. Like, he he's going to, not that everybody on the Bombers is going to go out there and put it all on the line, but Andrew Harris is, he's going to be highly, highly motivated. But what condition is he in? That's another question. You know, what, what, what you know, he wasn't first on the death chart when it came out. That all that was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's good. This is, <laughs> man, it's like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers we are going up for three, man. Yeah. We well, this is the thing. Info. And look, 
I look forward to, and it probably won't be till oh, Friday. Jim. But our, oh. uh, along with all these questions and discussion oh. points, here's the other thing before we take a break at Doc Jets is yeah. the whole dynasty talk Don't. and the need to three. Why did you say? How could you say it? <laughs> it's the D word that ends with a Y. Woo! <laughs> this could it's, be a great week, everybody. Oh but we'll God. probably I, do this on I, Friday. I'll tell you this, Jim, and like this is—I've already mapped out everything that I'm going to say next Monday, regardless of if they win or they lose. I already have exactly—I know exactly what I'm going to say on either side. How can you say that? Because I already we don't have it all. The ma- destiny see, of the dynasty. I know. Well, it's either a yes or a no, Jim. It's black or it's white. I don't know how the I don't know the path there, but I know the destination, and it's either here or it's there. I already have everything mapped out. What I'm going to say. You sound like Ricky now. <laughs> it's here or there or anywhere really. Yeah, Worst it's, case, it's, Ontario. Yeah, is. it's all water under the fridge from here on out. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break. We'll come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. It's a setup game, you know. Uh, you play back to backs in under 24 hours and change time zones and you know, spend uh, spend an hour at the border last night. So a lot of things going against us, but uh, that's where you find out about your team. And you know, we, we stayed in the fight, and you know, I thought we played a better game tonight than we did last night too. So I think that says a lot about our team. Uh, Blake Wheeler, there, fantastic game from him. Three hundredth career NHL goal. Uh, before we get into the Winnipeg Jets, uh, some thoughts on that move for the uh, if the if these reports are accurate. Um, in terms of Bolivar Mitchell on the way, you knew he was not going to be with the Stampeders. He basically said the writing was on the wall there. But I, I was thinking maybe the Riders were going to be in on it. But it seems like uh, Hamilton might be the one that picks him up. What's the trade like? What? Yeah, what do they get for him? I, it hasn't been made clear. Because I would think that somebody would have to step up that way. But I know he's got a big. Or is he a free? No, he's a free agent, right? Yeah, they've acquired his. Oh, this is it. Have acquired the rights yeah. to pending free agency. So that's, that doesn't mean he's going to yeah. sign there. Yeah. He might go to free agency, but so it's the cost isn't much, and it doesn't mean he's a tiger cat. But yeah. it shows that they. And look, if you're Bo Levi Mitchell, pick a team you want to go to and has an immediate chance of winning. It's Hamilton. Yeah. And I know they're out and didn't get past Montreal, but Montreal, you know, are they happy with their quarterback? He's got a contract, so. Um, th- this, I mean, this is a big move, but the other part of this cam is, and I hate to say this, I just, I've been saying this for three years. I don't think Bo Levi Mitchell is the same Bo Levi Mitchell. And it started when, you know, the year the Bombers finally beat the Stamps to go to the Great Cup and they, they won. Now that was four years mm-hmm. ago now, or three years, three seasons. But I just saw the decline coming because of the cap and and all the talent they were letting go. And I just thought Bo Levi is getting up there. He's not the same Bo Levi. Now, that doesn't mean he can't make a job. You know what he reminds me of is Brett Favre. And Brett Favre retired when, you know, he kept trying to throw 60-yard rope darts into double coverage and they'd be caught. And when when he slowly realized after a season or two and came back that he can't do that anymore, but because he's a great quarterback and thinks the game so well, he can adjust his own to his own diminishing skill level and be very, very effective, he had some great runs after that. And I, that's where I am with Bo Levi. He's not the same gunslinger, you know, dynamic, bomb-throwing quarterback anymore. But he's also a wickedly smart quarterback that if he can understand what his skills have diminished to, I wonder if he can still get back some, uh, some very good... Yeah, you know, I, I, I think he's a. I think he's an upgrade for most teams, particularly out west, out east. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Definitely an upgrade in, in for some teams here. Um, but anyways, uh, 
Now, Winnipeg Jets on the weekend, uh, road trip, of course, uh, 3-2, big win against Seattle yesterday uh, in overtime, Calgary 3-2 against Winnipeg. Now, before we get into the Seattle game here, i got to just, a very wise man uh, tweeted out something I wanted to read on air. Uh, This is from Bob Irving, of course, longtime voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers now in his retirement, still... um, uh, expert analysis on the air. Uh, it's only one man's opinion. He see he wrote on Twitter with the Seattle Kraken of the ugliest uniforms in all of sport. You know what? I like the Kraken uniforms except for that one, <laughs> which is weird because it's yeah. the same colors. But the see, I was wondering why the dominant color yesterday yeah, was off. I'm see, I'm I'm for this. This is a big. This is a this is a shift that I'm all for. I don't think it. You need to be. It needs to be white versus color anymore. I think it could be color versus color. I don't think it, I don't think it's got to be road team wears white because it used to be because it used to be the road team. I mean, the home team was the one that wore white and now it's the road team wears white. I don't think it needs to be colored versus white. I think it could be blue versus red and yellow versus blue and all that sort of thing. I don't need to think it needs to be in this structure anymore. And I see that yesterday. I says, why couldn't the, the Jets be wearing, you know, a different color? Why do they have to be wearing the whites? Yeah, I don't. Do you uh, want to? You want to come at me for that one, Jim, or what? No, no, no. You just don't. You don't so care. So many other you things I could come at you. For. You don't care enough about that kind of stuff. I don't. It doesn't. Like I comment on it. Like when Seattle yeah. was created, I was like, I. It's so hard to come up with a new logo and colors in today's sporting world. Yeah, because everybody has nine divisions of different leagues in every single country and continent on the planet. So when they came up with what they came up with, I liked it, and I liked the color scheme. I thought, wow, you know, this is difficult to do, and I like the logo and the name, and I actually like the color scheme. The problem yesterday with that dominant color being the dominant one was that's that's ugly. Well, it's crazy they have to do like a reverse retro. This is their second season. I mean, I understand yeah. they're trying to sell jerseys and stuff. I, I get why they have one. There's but many other things that fit. bother me. Like, yeah. I mean, the check from behind yesterday – I can't believe we're not calling this. And I can't, I'm yeah. not even going to spend time on it because yeah. I think we'll lose listeners. I've gone off on not calling checks from behind so many times that I think it's annoying people. I, 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 you call that check from behind on Nate Schmidt and nothing else happens. You don't call it, which I don't know how you don't, and you get the shenanigans you get. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why the league likes that. I don't know why the league prefers that. I think Kelly, I was listening in the uh, between periods and, and, and Kelly was uh, uh, doing his, you know, between the period show there. And he, and he said, um, and I think he said it the best way. He says he struggles to understand how the, the, the referees don't understand the flow of a game and how things are sort of played out. And there's just these sort of asinine decisions by the referees. And I thought there, that was a very good way to put it. Look, I've been on, I'm famous for the tweet, uh, for 11 years now, the NHL has an overall officiating problem. And it comes from consistency and the fact that they refuse, they allow the game to play. So last night, let's get into the Pierre-Luc Dubois thing. Yeah, I thought Dubois cost him that game because he two-hand slashed Susie like an axe chopper. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if most people caught that. I was listening to the game, but I, I also had it on the screen while I listened to Paul and Jamie call it on 680 CGOB. But Susie and Dubois went at it four times in this one sequence of play. Um, they, they were shoving each other. Then Susie cross-checked Dubois, and he turned around and cross-checked him back. And then as the play went out or came back in and he tried to establish position, uh, Sushi, Sushi, oh, my gosh. Susie. Susie. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Too much Carson Seattle on the mind. <laughs> yeah. Susie slashed him. Like, like, you know, not a two-hander, but gave him a good solid whack. 
And as the puck was going up the boards and looked like it was going to go out, Dubois turned and axe chopped him. And I thought, oh boy, that's the end of this. And there goes the cracking on a power play. And it wasn't called. And then they came back in. And so he body checked Susie to establish position. And then that's when Susie punched him. So I, I like there could have been in my mind four or five penalties called between those two in the last 30 seconds. Now, that being said, he gets a $2,500 fine today. What is wrong with giving him a game for that? The, what is wrong with, with saying, what, what could possibly be wrong with sending the message, if you sucker punch a guy in the back of the head in this heightened concussion era, it's going to cost you a game? Yeah, I mean... The nothing, reason, nothing would be wrong. Well, with yeah, that. and you, you when you saw it happen, you're you're like, okay, that that's gonna be that's gonna be bringing in supplemental discipline. The, the, he's gonna get a call. If for I was the NHL, that. I would have said Pierre Luc Dubois gets twenty five hundred dollar fine today for the two hand axe chop. Susie gets a game. Susie got they say, and this is this is sort of I think in in, in defining what you were saying, Jim, is that the fact is they let it get to that point where Susie goes and whacks him behind the head. Now, if he just lets it go and understand there's 26 seconds left on the clock and they have the lead, I'm going to let this go when the puck is already over the blue. It was because he was called, and this is my under, this is what I sort of saw it as, the reason why he was called for that was because he was so far behind the play. Like, there was, there was completely needless. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't axe chop people. I, I'm, I'm with you. That's, just, that's how Pierre-Luc Dubois, and sometimes it, it, it's good and sometimes it's bad. That might have been one of those instances when it's bad. <laughs> but also, he doesn't get called, and at the same time, he gets uh, Susie so upset that he sucker punches him in the back of the head. They call a penalty, six on four, whatever, f- 5.9 seconds left. Blake Wheeler bats it into the net. Winnipeg Jets, they go to overtime, and they win it, and they win it uh, give and go with, with Josh Morrissey and, and Mark Shifley. Huge win for the team. Massive. Big and, win, yeah. And, and good for Dubois. Like, I—, I Tweeted out, he should have had an assist on that Wheeler 300th for drawing that penalty. I, I just also think he's kind of lucky to not have gotten one himself. Yeah, but, I think you're right. But that's the point of officiating in this day and age. Like, so the third period, we're axe chopping and punching guys in the back of the head, and only one is penalized. But in the first period, if that was a battle in front of the net, they both would have been in the box and, three and, infractions and, and, ago. And Jim, because, and you know it, because it's where the time that it was going yes, on. They yes. don't want to call a penalty unless it's something like punching a guy in the back of the head from behind a play. Like if, 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 if okay, the, the, maybe if the whistle goes, if he maybe, uh, Susie would have done that facing Pierre-Luc Dubois, maybe they would have let it go. But it was because it was from behind. Yeah, I, I, I don't just, know. We're, don't, we're like trying to get know. in the minds of the yeah. referees. And, we're, and, it's, and it's look, a fail, I, this is a failed thing, but. I get the whole, I, I just. I mean, and then, you know, the penalty on Kyle Connor in the Calgary game the night before on the breakaway. There goes the Lady Bing. I don't think. There I don't goes think, the Lady Bing. No, no, it was the, the hook on him. But the ref, so he comes into the zone at the blue line with a guy chasing him, and the ref is at the blue line and, and skates backwards following the two players. Doesn't raise his arm. And as Kevin Bieksa said during the intermission, the referee who was in Edmonton at the time made the call. Making the reference that he's three hours up the highway, that far away, makes the call, and the guy standing there watching it doesn't. So, I, I don't know. Like, look, I, I've now I feel bad we're again on the officials, but it's just been really bad this year. Yeah. It's been very, very inconsistent this year to the point where we're talking about it again. Yeah, right? but it's like okay, that four minute penalty, that well, was a big moment for the Jets, and it, it gave them a spark. And like, Wheeler they came in out, the post game yeah. said they were given an option. 
What? What are you talking? Yeah, I, I've I, never I, heard of that. I'm gonna you play can have that. a five minute whatever, or I'm gonna play that clip coming into the next break because I'm like, you can either take a five on three or a four minute minor. Have you ever heard of that? That's like, that's like, oh, do you? It's like in football. Do you accept yeah. or do you decline the penalty? So before we go to break, I have a question for you. Okay, I am of the belief that umpires in Major League Baseball have too much power. <laughs> okay, yeah. And if they're having a bad day, you're gone. Um, some of the strike zones in the playoffs were, but my, I'm of the, but I, I think hockey needs that. I think hockey right now needs to get to a point where it's, it's their way, the refs. And there's none of this. Are you effing kidding me? And are you this? And you're blind and all this. It's like, I think the refs, I don't know. What do you think of this? If the refs had more power overall, do you think it would ruin the game and the players would hate it? If there was just no nonsense anymore. Like an umpire in baseball. It might be worth a trial though, Jim. Like if it just like if you just call that check from behind, it's done with. Maybe you know what this if would be. If the something, slash yeah. is called, you know, it's done with. It's that, it just it's it's in the third, they let it go and go and go, and it just I, I'm a big believer of this, and it works in soccer all the time. If you control it in the first 15 minutes, it's a beautiful 90 minute game. But if you don't start calling things and handing out cards oh, yeah. in the first 15 to 20 minutes, you know by the second half it's a gong show out there and guys are happy that they get to walk off the field. <laughs> yeah. There was a game of Valor was taken on Forge FC out at IG Field and the ref totally lost. The official totally I mean, lost Dubois control of the game. I mean, took a punch in the head and Sushi took an axe chop. Sushi, sorry. Took an axe chop to the leg. I just that's out of control in my mind because stuff wasn't called. See, this to earlier. me sounds like if we if you are going to go down that road this is something you go, okay, we'll try it in the A first and see how it goes. Just like three on three all yeah, the time. Yeah, and we do have a text here quickly about yeah. Markstrom on PLD. Well, I agree with you, Pete, Like, but that was called, right? Like he was incensed and then he did get a power play for that and that's why I don't think it escalated. But if Markstrom's not given a call for that or a penalty, what do you think happens in the next five minutes? Yeah. Somebody is going right to the net. So I don't know. Yeah, let's I'll just read a couple text messages here. 204-780-6868. And we are talking about the Seattle Kraken logo before. I honestly so hate the Seattle logo. We'll just fire these off. Uh, so hate the Seattle logo. The Kraken K just looks dumb, and they could have done so much better with a tentacle idea. Okay, fair enough, Cliff. Thanks for the text message. Um, yeah, should have been ejected with one game. That from Lorraine uh, in terms of Su- uh, Susie. Uh, this texter, Kyle, says, I'm not defending Susie, but it looked like one play that Dubois drove his shoulder into Susie's chin. I'm not denying that, uh, which was what he was reacting to. Maybe I saw it wrong, but it looked like that to me. They were ju- they were going after each other. But just like you said, Jim. They, they, yeah, they had yeah. a battle. Like, I'm not yeah. saying one guy's more guilty. than. I mean, look, it, don't, it, no, don't, I do yeah. want to say this. The punch to the back of the head is all over the, it should have been a game. Yeah. That's where guys have life-changing injuries. Checks from behinds and sucker punches to the back of the head. So I don't want to alleviate that at all. I'm just saying they, they had quite the battle that could have been called long before that. Yeah, I mean, this texture says Bombers are in a third cons- uh, con- uh, third consecutive Grey Cup, and CGOB talks about cracking uniforms and Bo Levi Mitchell, really. We well, just spent the first I, segment the first talking sec- about yeah, the Bombers. Yeah, so if you want to catch that, hey, we have a, fa- a fantastic brand-new podcast uh, that you can find <laughs> where all podcasts are available. It'll be up uh, before uh, rush hour here, so I'm going to make sure that goes up there. So thank you very much for that text message. Uh, but, yeah, we did talk about the Bombers in the first little bit, so we did not miss that. Don't worry about that. Uh, and Chris says, uh, Jim, somewhat related, but man, do I hate hockey players trying to fight over top the linesmen, breaking them up. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It's cheap to the players and dangerous to the refs. Um, yeah. 
I agree. It's an emotional game, but I'm with you on that one, Chris. I'm with you on that one. Um, Let's, you know what? And I really want to mention this too, because I I wrote a blog post on this on my website, campoitress.com, but it was about the, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Patrick Line suffering a sprained ankle against the Islanders. He's out uh, three to four weeks. Wow. They have Varinsky, already separated shoulders, going to miss the rest of the season. Jacob Voracek out indefinitely, upper body injury. Nick Blankenship out six to eight weeks with a broken ankle. They had a horrible start to the year, and their injuries are just horrendous. Yeah, Liney's only gotten into eight games. He has four yeah. points, two goals. It just, I look, I would love Liney to be healthy and see what he could do, but that franchise is. They're in big trouble. Yeah. And yeah, they're just like. He might be the first coach fired. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if it's valid. Because, but I mean, the record is what it is. I mean, it's a race between him and Bruce Boudreau right now. Yeah. Anyways, we'll be right back. Somebody suggested yesterday Bruce might want to be fired by some of his post game comments. <laughs> might just be leave. Get me out of here. Like this is this is too much. Anyways, we'll be right back. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB. Um, you know, obviously, I, I deserved a penalty there, but. You know, uh, I, I don't like uh, seeing a guy grab our, you know, one of my teammates, you know, by the horse collar from behind. So, um, at worst, I thought it should have been four on four, even up, and, and just play on. But, uh, you know, they also gave us <laughs> the option of having a five on three or a, or a four minute PK. So, a couple of things I haven't seen before. Yeah. It was interesting, but uh, just a great job by our guys to kill it off. So, great job. Sounds like there was uh, someone washing dishes in the background. <laughs> that. <laughs> So, anyways, that's a wild. That's a wild clip. I've never heard that before. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I the option of this or that, and I wonder what option they took. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it happens all the time, and we just don't even know about it. That game by Blake Wheeler yesterday, though, was pretty. pretty he was good. fantastic. I, I found it really hilarious because in the first period, there was a lot of people, and one guy was reaching out to me on social media about oh, Wheeler sucks and Wheeler this, and then he goes on and has this monster dominant game. He he came out of that penalty box after that period, and he was just another he was another monster. Also, and this is something we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll continue this on. Uh, Appleton didn't come back from that uh, game. Looked like he really jammed his arm, was holding it. Uh, if they didn't have that huge comeback win yesterday, that would have been the main storyline. He's been great, but uh, yeah, it's going to be ominous. And Nick Ehlers again for those wondering, and we do get texts weekly about yeah. what the status is with him. I think they said they're hoping he gets on the ice. Like it's an off day today, today, tomorrow, yeah. or Wednesday. I think they're looking at Wednesday, and then they'll go from there. But if they don't have Appleton and Ehlers can't go on Thursday against the Ducks. I got a problem on the right side. That's for sure. Anyways, we got our uh, left. We got a problem on the wing. Let's. Uh, hey, we got those Winnipeg Jets tickets to give away. Yes. Tuesday, November 29th game. Hockey fights cancer night uh, versus the Colorado Avalanche. Call right now. We'll take caller seven. This uh, special lavender game honors those battling cancer and benefits Cancer Care Manitoba's foundation and the pediatric treatment uh, they support. Fans can join the fight with fundraising on the concourse or by bidding. On the H uh, Hockey Fights Cancer warm-up jerseys following the game tickets at winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Anyways, hello, you are caller one. Sorry, caller one. Hello, caller two. Caller two, sorry. Hello, caller three. Caller three. Caller four. Caller four. Sorry, caller five. Caller five. Oh, no. Caller six. Oh, no. That's the worst. Ah, caller six. Man, but you know what else feels good? Being Being caller seven. seven. Who am I speaking with? Who's this? I'm putting on my very caller nice voice seven? here. They hung up. They, they hung up. They hung up oh, on you. Oh, no. <laughs> because Should I we said give it to caller six? six? Or they're gone? They're gone. Caller they eight. Oh. Hey, caller eight. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's D. D. 
You're going to the Jets! November 29th against the Colorado Avalanche Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Magic 8 ball, D. Yahoo! You got to thank that person who hang up. Caller yeah, 7 caller hung up. Caller 7 hung up, D, oh. so you're now Caller 7. Forchie's going to get an angry call saying that wasn't fair and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's, he knows that he's ready for this. That's on you, Forchie. No, no. That's the I'm way it is, man. <laughs> hey, that's all on that person, and D... He's better off for it. Anyways, you take care. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.